Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Chris. And me, Matt. Happy birthday to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's my mum's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Miss, Mrs. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I bought her a fake gun arm. <laughs> In celebration. <laughs> you know, I just did the thing. I mixed up the gifts. <laughs> yeah, you've got to you do Enjoy your flowers later. Um, so, yeah, this is... Uh, our first, oh, it's our, our podcast anniversary, isn't it? It's our podcast anniversary. We're one. So those of you who've stuck with us through thick and thin will know that we're doing the, a rewatch of the very first movie that got kind of kickstarted our podcasting endeavours, which is Alienator. Ooh. Ooh, here's the trailer. In deepest space, the law can be as deadly. Ready for your big day, scum? As the lawless. All clear. This is the toilet of the interplanetary penal system. Our job is just to flush it. Here. All hell is breaking loose. And one prisoner is breaking out. I want that prisoner dead at any cost. Now. On a primitive planet, a war begins. Call out the hunting unit. Between a new kind of criminal and a new kind of cop. I don't care if it blows the whole planet apart. Brace yourself. Alienator is coming. Makes me feel special and warm inside. <laughs> well, it's been... Well, it's been a whole year, and this film is still, I guess, the one, isn't it? The, the, the one that still brings us, uh, not joy, because <laughs> that's not the right word. No. But certainly have fond memories, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, I mean, there, there was the overriding feeling whilst watching this of, like, meeting a, uh, an old friend, a slightly annoying friend, <laughs> but, like, one, you know, those friends that don't really move on. So, like... <laughs> You know, when you're 18, he was a crazy fucker that would jump off the benches and yeah. drink white lightning. And then you meet up at 42 years old and he's jumping off the benches and drinking white lightning. And you're like, oh, oh. Yeah, it's still the same. Don. So, any, and also, if you're listening for the first time, the Movie Bunker podcast, just a quick uh, recap, is where we delve deep and we um, review only the critically panned movies out there, not the good stuff. We're only interested in, like, the worst films committed to celluloid. And we review them, watch them, um, and then we pick out good things. Good things. Good. Uh, I think this is and bad things. <laughs> I think this is our, our, our lowest rated film ever. It definitely is. It's just not... If we could remind... 2.6, I think it is. Yeah, 2.6 on AMDB, which is the, the lowest of the, all the films we've done. And we creep up as the episodes go on <laughs> uh, because we, you know, we're hopeful that we might find something good to say about a, a more recent release or maybe something that's, you know, done a bit better critically, but no. I mean, obviously, we're not going to follow our usual podcast format this week because, to you know, to do that would just be to recreate a previous podcast yeah which, uh, I, I don't think we're quite there yet with that sort of thing um so we will just chip in trouble over about so but of, of all the films we've done short um this one's got a bit more charm i think well it's got a bit it, personality to it yeah i think the more you you read about it and maybe looking at what the director's done um and his other the back catalog of that director and maybe reading a little bit more online because we're a little bit more savvy in terms of where we get the information from nowadays and uh, when we first tackled this this movie there wasn't a great deal of information on it we found it based upon a recommended list from netflix that yeah and uh, and now you've watched it it's ruined our recommendations from <laughs> Netflix ever since file pollution but yes it's got I'm, I feel quite nostalgic watching it it's still not great 
<laughs> but um, there are, it's an endearing film, I think, and one that will probably, I don't know, maybe we'll watch it again on our second year anniversary. <laughs> we've managed to hoodwink. So we've got some special guests that will be contributing for the show as well and uh, letting us know their thoughts on Alienator. The fact that we actually got other people to watch it and uh, it probably tripled its viewing. <laughs> yeah. The previous year. yeah, the alienator. Shall I go through the plop synopsis? Please, yeah, we've got to do a plop synopsis at least. Oh, great. Plop synopsis. Cole is an evil guy about to be about to be executed on a distant spaceship. He manages to escape on a shuttle and make his way to some woods in America. The commander of the spaceship decides to send out the alienator to execute Cole at all costs. Cole meets up with some teens and Ward Armstrong, and together they all they all try not to get killed by the pursuing woman of death, the alienator. Yeah, it kind of says everything. So let's directed by Fred Olin Gray. So we we mentioned on our on our very first episode, uh, Fred has got quite a diverse mm. uh, back catalogue, and well, he's still making movies. He's still, yeah. So since last year, I'm thinking, what, what do you see? He's churned out like four or five more films. TV movies, to be specific. One, two, three, four, yeah, five. Four films since we last recorded. Um, we must first say, you know, it, it's quite sad as well to watch this film again, yes. based on uh, the very sad loss of uh, Jean Michel Vincent, Michael Vincent. Jean, yeah, Jean Michel Vincent, who who passed away in, I think, uh, January or February this year, I yeah. believe. Um, so, yeah, sad to see him on screen but also it reminds me watching this film that he was clearly drunk throughout <laughs> the filming of this film Just made it i think jan michael vincent plays commander that's his uh <laughs> yeah, that's- and you've got john philip law um who plays ward armstrong and ward is the like park ranger sheriff type type dude who's he's in the, the hero he's yeah he's definitely the stand-up uh ross hagan uh, quite an established actor plays cole cole and who's the the Bad guy or good guy? We're not quite sure. It's always ambiguous. Yes, he's got the sweats, hasn't he? Always um, Diana Ottarelli, who plays Ori. Jesse Dabson, who plays Benny. There's kind of a group of four kids. Dawn Wild Smith, Caroline. PJ Souls is Tara. Where's the... She has a name. The peekaboo. So, yeah, PJ Souls is the an unfortunate uh, character. Well, Tara... Um, is the kind of chief executioner. She, she's the one that presses all the buttons on this kind of prison ship. That is a very, very good scene there where she sat with the um, the investigator. Yeah. And he is like, like, you know, he's, he's there. He's, he's obviously a health and mo- a, a time and motion study. He's like, what do these green buttons do? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, this one like starts the trash compactor. And then points to a black button and goes, and this one kills people. Um, not the exact one, it's probably funny exact quote there, but yeah, it very clearly points to a non-green button. Instant failure, I think, there from the... Yeah, yeah. The, the woman of death, or the alienator, is played by um, Tegan. T- uh, Tegan. And then Tegan was a, is a bodybuilder or a wrestler. She was quite... Um, quite big in terms... <laughs> quite big in person, but also... Um, has put a lot of her own money into some of these kind of big uh, blockbustery, not blockbustery, but B movie type stuff. So she's a producer as well. She's been in films like uh, Jumping Jack Flash, Sinbad, and all sorts of things. But she's a big woman. She, well, yes, she was um, sizable. Some way of aging this movie, like you know, you cut a tree and you count the rings. You know, yeah, you, uh, you see a hallmark and you count the little letters. <laughs> The little just her costume would be like all right yeah late 80s yeah yeah it's that and she she wears some uh, boots with heels um with heels. a very high gusseted kind of um metal which is bikini on fleek now i believe is it yeah <laughs> i think if you check the uh, the fashion papers the the high cut is all the rage with yeah. the kids these days. Well, I know who's, we know who's to blame. Um, a Tegan. Tegan Clive. And she, yeah, the, the kind of non-existent bikini top thing, which is made out of a couple of black uh, planters 
uh, pop planters. Yeah. She's protecting the important part. And she wanders around with a giant gun arm, which gun arm. Is, is like a just Inactive, very, very light and plasticky. <laughs> so do you, do you want to read out again the, in your most famous way uh, to recreate episode one? Do you want to read out the crawl? Oh, the yes. opening crawl because you enjoyed that last time. Do, and let, the opening crawl is probably the best part of it. So it's in a very kind of Star Warsy way. Yeah, so I think we mentioned the first podcast that, that this film sounds a lot better if you just watched the, the, the prequel, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in a far off corner of the galaxy, a well armed rebel. It was as good as last time. A well armed rebel battalion ambushes the army of the great tyrant Baal. Who's Baal? He's the great tyrant. But we never know much more about Baal, do we? see him. No, this is why it's so interesting. So interesting. It's like, who is he and what has he done? A masculine shoes. Thousands of innocents perish. And the leader of the rebellion, Cole, is captured and sentenced to die. (laughs) To down a dark prison planet where no man has ever escaped. Or woman... Yeah. commanding executioner prepares to send his prisoner straight to hell unless women do really, really easily escape from here because it doesn't seem that tricky no <laughs> Matthew so I mentioned earlier on that we've got some special guests you said it was a minute ago as well mate <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how I did it, but we managed to, to get some of our previous guests uh, to watch this film and contribute to the show. I'm going to write them all a letter. Uh, uh, yeah. I kind of have done a lot of um, uh, sorry sorry tweets this uh, last couple of weeks <laughs> as I've tried to hoodwink people into doing this for me. But yeah, so well, let's hear from Clarice Lockery, who we had uh, on the show fairly recently reviewing... Um, the Wicker Man, Wicker Man, with me, and this is what Clarice had to say. Hi, I'm Clarice Lockery, phoning in to share my thoughts on Alienator, directed by the unstoppable Fred Olin Ray, who I've discovered will make any kind of movie. Nothing is outside of his wheelhouse. I mean, yeah, he'll make a movie called like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, but he'll also make. A Prince for Christmas. Uh, Alienator, however, kind of comes off as an attempt to put everything that was popular in the 1980s into one movie. So you've got the alien Terminator played by Tegan Clive, who's rocking this kind of a Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome metal bikini look. And the thought of the bikini chafing on her thighs just made me want to cry. I hated watching her walk. I hated watching her sit. I just wanted somebody to give her some leggings. Uh, but then, you know, the whole opening of the film is very Star Wars, right? You have the scrolling text of utter nonsense. Something, something, Rebel Battalion Massacre, leader captured. And, and then you open up on this space death row and Cole's there in his North Face spray-painted gilet. And, like, every time he gets punched, there's sort of a horn sound. So he gets kicked in the balls and it goes like, Hank! Uh, and a lightsaber randomly makes an appearance at the end. And when Cole reaches Earth, he comes across the big other trend of the 1980s. A bunch of yuppies, just very aggravating people who are like, I'm a pre-law student and I know my rights. And there is a lot of talk about that education, I feel like. For example, when they hit Cole with their van, uh, their first thought is about whether the driver is going to get sued because one of them's like, oh, my dad's a lawyer. I'm sure he'll help you out. Um, They haven't even checked whether this guy is dead or not and they never really do. I think one guy just kind of crouches over him and goes, I don't hear his heart. Uh, And then the relationship between Cole and these kids has this very sort of E.T. ripoff vibe to it. You know, the alien outsider and the earthlings. And to the point that just someone just straight up asks, oh, do you know E.T.? They are so obnoxious, though. The women are just constantly screaming like, I want to go home. While there's the nerd guy who just when they finally capture alienator in that net because that is how they get her it's just a net uh, but he's suddenly like the nets created a perpendicular magnetic pole it's siphoning off her electrodes in alignment with your fences which i just i where did he get why where did he get this information from i and this movie is definitely not a fan 
of women, you know, outside of Alienator, who's just this terrifying dominatrix type, the women in this movie are both intolerable and quite honestly horribly abused. I mean, Jan Michael Vincent's commander character, I mean, there is some severe workplace sexual harassment going on there with the woman whose main job seems to be pushing the vaporizer button because early on he's like oh you should let your boyfriend let you get some sleep you're looking a little uh burnt which is already terrible and then he's just all up in her business because she apparently dumped him for somebody else it's it's a mess but my main confusion with Alienator is that I have no idea who I'm rooting for. You know, zero concept as to who the good guy in this movie is because for like 80% of the movie, Cole is the hero. He's like this rebel figure trying to escape the oppressive regime that vaporizes people and harasses women. And then suddenly the tables are turned around right near the end. But... Those people are still the oppressive regime, so now just, I don't know, everyone's a dick? Um, oh, and one question I have to ask. When Cole escapes from the prison, he grabs this paper bag that's filled with space cockroaches, and then he shoves it in his jacket, and then he takes it out and he throws it in the guard's face, and these bugs bury into the guard's skin, and there's loads of blood and gore, so... Why was he putting this bag of space cockroaches into his jacket right next to his skin with only a layer of paper bag between them. This is what I want to know. <laughs> what happens uh, is uh, Cole, Cole manages to escape. He does. and at, at the moment of his execution. Yeah, so he's kind of taken to witness another execution so that he can see what's coming, basically. Yeah. Um, and he's not handcuffed at all, no. He's just uh, t taken there by two other guards. Who, whilst they're busy watching on as this other guy's vaporised, um, he he escapes, uh, duffs a couple of them up, and he's got a he's got a, a, a paper bag full of face-eating slugs, which <laughs> he's picked up along the way. Um, one of my favourite scenes is because he, um, he, he sneaks up uh, he sneaks up with this paper bag of slugs and then taps a gun on his shoulder. <laughs> the guy's got a gun, yeah. turns around, and he just like, squishes the fucking paper bag into his face. <laughs> At which point he starts screaming because they're on his face. Yes. But rather than try and detach them in any meaningful way, yeah, yeah. he just kind of holds his hands <laughs> to the side, screaming whilst they really slowly burrow them Burring in into and then out again and then into his But, but what, what do you think about that? I think that's quite a good special effect as well for its time because the makeup is quite good. Don't you think? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. I thought that was quite a good special effect. I think, I mean, this is not something like we can just level at this film, but like all sci-fi films mm. is that like if for example I captured someone at my work mm. and then held them hostage prisoner yeah and they escaped which they could do because it's not a prison yeah and then they got to the car park yeah they wouldn't better just jump into a car <laughs> and drive off <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that into space, into space travel, yeah, and they haven't bothered sorting out the locks. No, whether well, or the the ability to turn on a fucking thing unauthorized. The, 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 it's it's utter recognition, thumbprint. You no, know, it's utterly ridiculous. But just this big start button, boom. But the thing is, what I don't understand as well. I'm mean, going off on a tangent here. Hey, sorry. Is, we've we've done this before. No, but I'm just thinking: is why why. Why make this film anyway? Because basically, uh, okay, he's got a rough plot. And bear in mind that, that we know that the, the, the opening crawl is, 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 is marginally, not marginally, but much better than the actual film we physically get. Yes, but, it's, but obviously more expensive to film. To film. And then why, why do we, why bother? It doesn't make sense to because do it all like make this. Make money? Right. I mean, back in the day... <laughs> Um, so what we get is a, a very long and um, or quite a long, ridiculous uh, opening sequence. And then we get the for credits, as you said. So yeah, yeah. we get this like, which is so along with the like the main the storyline of, of Cole 
escaping yeah. the prison planet and, and going to Earth. I just wanted to mention quickly as well, before we, we delve a little bit more into plot and stuff like that, is um, the music. Um, so there was there's a... And, uh, like a composer that was credited um, for the film, but is in fact is is the musical the score isn't the actual score we hear. It's replaced. It was replaced at the last oh, minute. Really? So um, maybe we'll find that out later. But the the chap who does the the, the scores music never actually makes it onto the film, which probably shit because it, it's the worst music I've ever heard. It's like a. This is one of those one of the like reused sort of stock stuff. Yeah. Cold, but does nothing but then just choke his way through the next cut. Yeah, as you say, the next uh, 40 minutes, he's got a prohibitive collar on, yes, and so and it, which detects every Not time really prohibitive, just slightly annoying, yeah, so uncomfortable. An uncomfortable collar, it's like, oh no, they've escaped from prison, activate the uncomfortable collar, <laughs> and it seems to get worse every time. Um, the alienator is getting closer to him, I've noticed, nice. but um. He gets bumped into by a, a van, a Winnebago full of four uh, law students, I found out as well on the second viewing, that they're actually law students. Oh, really? That's why they're so old. Yeah. Well One- done. They got a jock there. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's drinking and driving. He's a, bit, he's a prick. And uh, his girlfriend, well, she's, I think she, she knows it. Uh, scene with Ward is with these two the the comic relief the Chuckle Brothers yeah so these two Billy uh, I say Billy no mates then but the two Hicks um, out looking for cans and uh, rabbits. and rabbits trying to get some something to eat but they're in the wrong part of the forest we're looking for rabbits yeah they're in the reserved area. the reserved area they know this they know this they're pushing their luck Bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> so basically um <laughs> In the old days, uh, the, the, you know they used to they used to be bears, mountain lions, and yeah. bigfoots apparently, and, bigfoots. and so they used to be really careful. That's why they they were stumbling around the forest. There isn't a forest reserve in the world that protects motherfucking rabbits. No, <laughs> no, they're, they're ten a penny. They're like... <laughs> Penny. They're almost renowned <laughs> for not being endangered in any way, shape or form. Ward is tagging rabbits uh, in this game reserve, isn't he? A game reserve in this uh, forest reserve. Once they... Uh, I don't know whether it was a good idea to go through the whole plot. I, I think not. Now we're doing it, though, aren't we? We did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Let's not do this. It's so hard. And then this happened. Uh, anyway. So we get... What what kind of this film turns into is is a, is kind of like a, a mashup of all the types of different type of movies. Yes. So um, I believe you asked a question of why earlier. Yeah, yeah. And it's because of Terminator. Yeah. So yeah, so they they, they would just turn these films up these studios just like relentlessly, and and like you say for TV they would make them for next to nothing. Mm. They wouldn't obviously generally get a similar run. Then they would sort of like sell them in video shops based on the cover art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd, you'd go around and you'd rent out this fucking thing because you've seen Terminator. You haven't seen any trailers. That reviews are non-existent unless you bought film magazines. Mm. So you'd literally just go into a video shop, see this, thought it looked awesome. It's probably nice bit of the budget went on the cover art for most of these sort of shy. Well, yeah, I guess the poster and the cover art for this film is is her, the, the alienator... The Tegan Clive in in silhouette with yes, his, with the smoke eye patch and well not the eye patch but the like, yeah the face guard the face and guard. and and uh, lots of smoke and yeah you would pick it up wouldn't you if it's you were an eighteen so the threat boobs are in there as well is it an eighteen it was an R probably because of the space slugs the space slugs and the face eating yeah back then the kids were very sensitive to <laughs> such things. Long story short, um, uh, <laughs> um, but Cole, Cole is it does transpire that Cole is indeed the bad guy, and that we feel a bit of sympathy for the the alienator that she's we, a machine. Go back then. If mm. we go back to the beginning of the film of our crawl, yeah. What 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 does that do to that? I mean, Cole, mm. obviously one of the major figures in the rebellion, yeah. They were massacred, but then it turns out that Cole is a massive asshole. So, mm-hmm. is great tyrant Ball actually the good person? Well, this is we, it's no, it's not really 
fleshed out. It's not really established. It's very crap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think an awful lot of thought went into it. Well, you went into a lot. You had a lot of thought, didn't you? Into I had a lot of thought. So I thought, I thought to myself, <laughs> to make this more enjoyable on the third watching <laughs> um, is to flesh out some of the characters give them their backstory, a bit of fan fiction, if you like, mm-hmm. about them. Um, so, if you'll indulge me... Oh, please. I will, I will go into my, my <laughs> fan fic. Um, you've, written in pe- you've written it down. Written it down in pencil. Oh, my God, it's like scribed. Scribed in a weird margin area. I'm not sure. <laughs> you created a margin that wasn't there. I created a margin that wasn't there. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> You're going to have to do a screenshot of that for Iron. So, what I aim to do here was to try and explain some of the motivation of um, the commander and the alienator. Mm-hmm. So, commander being Jean McCall Vincent's character. Yeah, and Alienator being the alienator character. Thank you. Um, and what would drive someone like the alienator to be who they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> Dave, Plinky, and Smashing. <laughs> what the fuck? That's the names. Of the okay. Team, right, before, whatever. These, these people may or may not turn out to be the commander. And they, yeah. Right. Okay. okay. So Dave went to Baal Academy. Right. Because of the tyrant thing. Yeah. Despite Dave's deer-like appearance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> looks like a deer. Yeah. He quickly rose to the top of his class. If there was something Dave loved more than the great tyrant bowl, it was his great friend, Plinky. <laughs> now, Plinky didn't share Dave's success in the academy, but he had an eye for the ladies and could have his pick off campus. Oh. All except Smashing. <laughs> the statuesque girl on the Smashing Rebels cheer team. Oh. Yeah? Tegan. Tegan. But... She added love in Dave. <laughs> Dave? The Dave the deer appearance. Okay, Dave, yes. This would explain. Ah, love triangle, kind of. Yeah. Years passed and the three become inseparable. And Dave pulled a few strings because he was like Valedictorian of Baal Academy. Yeah, yeah. And got them all sent to the same battleship, Battleship Baal. Right. Interesting fact. All battleships are called Baal. <laughs> Which some say led to the confusion, which ultimately led to the rebellion winning. Right. So they're like, send, send in Battleship Bowl. And they're like, what's over there? <laughs> Not that one, you fucking idiot. That one. <laughs> anyway, one day, Dave was off planet, killing rebel scum. Where he do. was due to get picked up by Plinky and Smashing. But they got drunk and fucked, so he was horribly murdered. Right. Then, in a fit of despair... Smashing realised that what she'd done because she was drunk and accidentally and fucked Plinky right um, just fuck, just swore off humanity and got her arms severed and replaced with a gun and become a huntress and Plinky just descended into alcoholism and womanising never really able and neither of them were able to forget their great friend Dave Dave the dear how they no. And they fucked him over, which is, and, and, um, and this was noticed on their, um, on their PDPs, on their, um, on their reports. It's quite tragic, isn't it? And no. And, um, this is why the, and then he just referred to only as a commander. He dropped his plinky name and he got sent to a, the, the shithole of prison because, yeah. you know, he, he didn't pick up Dave. So is this why? The alienator has such a fondness for the deer. Yeah. Like everything ah. was murdered. Right. And she sees this thing and it instantly reminds her of her great love, Dave. And the deer, because there's a lovely moment with the deer, isn't there? That's and it's non... That's the game about it. Non-hostile. Well, well, the thing is, what you've done there is added pathos. Now you look at these characters again, you can't see them in the same light. Um, they were, you know, they were let down because they got drunk and fucked. I like it. <laughs> like it. Uh, so do you think you could do this for all of the films that we review in the future 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Like, if I notice any plot holes, or, I mean, like, to say a plot hole exists in this film is, is, is yeah, there, there, there is more hole than there is. It's almost like a black hole of plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there is, there is potential there. But this, this sort of thing, this makes this a lot more enjoyable if you're able to fill in the gaps when there are so many massive gaps. Yeah. And now, now you look at it and realise why... Yeah, yeah, there is the cold-hearted killing machine because she's never forgiven herself no. and therefore doesn't forgive anybody. Each one of those people she murders yeah. could potentially have been the one that murdered her Dave. I see. So it's always it's like a haunting... Um... She's like a Batman character. Yeah, yeah. But instead of falling into a well, she fucked his best mate. It makes it... I mean, to most, it brings it into like a more of a like a Dawson's Creaky type territory as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's good. I didn't realise you had that in you, to be honest. The the what well, we mentioned earlier about different types of um, genre, not genre, but different types of nods and winks to different types of movie. Because we yes. get we get a little lightsaber pen a bit later on as well, we do. don't we? <laughs> um, and it springs out. No she's ultimately defeated by Chicken Wire. And the, the nerdy guy, out of nowhere, Cole basically mentions that maybe, you know, a wire cage or net of some kind would rev- would do the trick. Yeah. And he's, he does Spot it. Spot on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and he, he, from the rooftop, he throws a net of chicken wire over her, doesn't he? And she, And they've done this really shitty thing where they superimpose like a some sort of blue um, lightning type effect that doesn't respond or correlate to her at all on screen No, I mean, the effects were done cheaply. They probably spent most of it on burning the Doctor. The, yeah, the, the, the sci-fi bits at the start are clearly just a still factory and then a toy thrown through the air and filmed slowly. So, yeah. There's <laughs> not, not a lot to be said for the effects. And they're just sort of shaking a mannequin whilst it's burning to give it the impression that it has some life to it. Yep. Um, the, one of my favourite scenes in it as well is that the right at the end when Cole meets his demise, where he kind of super, he kind of takes over the body of the, the jock kind of uh, guy, but he gets his head lopped off. And um, they've obviously buried him up to his shoulders. And he just does this. <laughs> and this little green, uh, sort of orangey blood comes out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just awful. But I think um, when I, it reminds me of when the Wicker Man remake. Yes. I mean, we, we were talking, I was talking to um, Clarice Lockery, the guest on that show about, you know, watching that film makes you appreciate cinema more because, you know, you, you see cinema at its very worst. <laughs> you know, you can kind of see this, but for me, you can sort of you can you can watch a film like this and think how the hell can this have happened it's like when you go for an eye test and it's not until they cover one eye <laughs> you realise you can't see properly out that fucking eye yeah 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 so having that horrible experience of seeing the blurry could it be an O or a P yeah. who knows is this that's like this and then they go like now here's the godfather yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like, oh right yeah i get it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i can see well out of this side so yeah this is yeah stigmatism long sortedness i don't know but yeah it, it certainly holds uh, a light up to good cinema because it does really really not do good cinema so so we know it's not a good film. No. We know it's not a great film. No. <laughs> um, there is the so bad it's good genre. And yeah. the thing is, is that we, we were, we're careful. We, we carefully picked these films. I know it doesn't appear that we carefully picked these films. We carefully picked these films because we don't pick films that are purposefully shit to mm. try and fall into the so bad it's good. Like Sharknado is kind of our, yeah. our uh, meter stick to say, is this... Mm-hmm. Do they know they're making a shit film and doing it on purpose? 
Platball. <laughs> so yeah, all those sci-fi movies which just ape on a name like Atlantic Rim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the Sharknado ones. Well, um, we were naive in the in the old days of the well, the very first podcast. I mean, we might we probably had different ideas about where we might be going. I mean, this might have been you know the podcast could have gone a different way. We could have been just seeking out these these early 80, 90, 80s and nineties kind of weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, that could have been quite an easy way to go. But as we've evolved, we've we have kind of thought you know let's you know, as you say find the, the films that were deli- weren't deliberately shy as you just said. <laughs> um, but for me. It, to try and answer your question, uh, as you, I don't think you actually finished uh, asking it before I interrupted you, which is no nothing new on the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, it's, but I don't think this this for me doesn't meet the like the, the barometer or the meet the, the the marker that this is so bad it's good because it isn't good enough. <laughs> it hasn't got that kind of the room uh, thing about it, you there's know? Normally, yeah, there's normally something, like yeah. some, a performance, yeah. an effect, a storyline. Yeah, yeah. Sort of it, it, this has, ab- there's absolutely nothing going for this movie other than the fact that we're nostalgic about it because yes, it's the first I, I one we watched. It's hard not to see that now. I would, want, I would say anyone who's interested in, in just, you know, in our podcast, there may be only that to watch it out of just a pure as a curiosity piece to see what on earth is this because it can't be the only. It's obviously not the the, the only shite movie of this nature. There's no. there's there's hundreds no, there's, of, hundreds of them. I mean, even I think we, like I say, as soon as you go on, I did, you know it recommends. Yeah, you only have to you know select this in your Netflix liking pa- page, and it will bring you. A, a, a plethora, a smorgasbord of movies of a similar ilk, and um, you can make. But yeah, there's a there's a ton of these. Before we do the like, you know, the reviews. We um, is there anything or anybody in this movie that you could say was worth watching it for? Because um. <laughs> I've got obviously the one the, the one that we both agreed on last time was Leo Leo Gordon, uh, uh, who plays the Con- Colonel Coburn, who turns up sort of like right the last third of the movie, yeah. and he's, he's got like, some cracking lines. He's the old Colonel who's now living in a, a barn. Uh, a cabin and he's got AK-47s he's, yeah. he's got mines trip, <laughs> trip mines it, he's a prepper it, and he's a no shit person first rule never surrender your weapons second rule blow the hell out of your enemy before they can do it to you um, but he, when he turns up, it's a bit, it's a bit more fun because he's like that. Now I'm pissed. It's like, oh, uh, you know, yeah. sh- shoot them first before they shoot you. And he's, and he's like, anyone wants some eggs, whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, he, um, he, he's, he's a fine character. Um, and without the the, the two chubble bubble hillbilly acts in this, mm. um, would be the funniest thing in this film. I do think the funniest thing in the film is those two hillbillies. Yeah, it's just yeah. so badly written, <laughs> and just like they, they've obviously said to themselves, we need some humour, yeah, um, and we need hillbillies, yeah, Let's put them there, and like the, the the random little situations where they force them into. So like when you met, they're collecting cans and rabbits, yeah, like those two things don't necessarily go together in the middle of a wildlife preserve like no. the only cans they're going to find are the ones they've dropped from drinking <laughs> yeah they've just gone in a circle and picked up <laughs> hey those no cans I dropped earlier on <laughs> and then the rabbit that I put in a hole <laughs> so they, they, they do that and then they've like when they come across the doctor's vehicle right next to a steaming corpse it yeah. takes them ages to work out that that's yeah, yeah, a yeah. Body, and they, they, um, like they're, they're always sort of slightly crossing the paths of the alienator and the, uh, yeah, the, the band of fucking weirdos. Well, there's one, there's one. I mean, they're both stupid, but one is stupider than the other. And yeah. there's that kind of of mice and menness about it, where he goes, <laughs> "I promised, Mama, I'd look after you, and that's what I kind of do, I guess." <laughs> and yeah, the one's like really stupid, isn't it? Yeah, uh, climbs a tree to see it. <laughs> when he, the bit where I was deliberately looking at it, you mentioned it last last year <laughs> when he's climbing this tree where well, he's not climbed the tree he's um he's almost 
<laughs> he, yeah, he, he steps down a step ladder, which you can tell is out of shot, but he, he walks down steps yeah. when he's climbing down a tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I guess then, yeah, if I have to pick, it would be the Colonel and uh, the, the, the two, the two Chuckle brothers, which was it, Harley and Bert? Yeah, they're all right. Apart from what I said, one of them's, and, and I don't want to say it again, but we just said this last time, one of them's not hillbilly enough. They're a little bit too clean in their appearance. Yeah, one's got the floppy hat and the other one hasn't, and he looks like he's made a bit more of an effort. He's yeah. got like a plaid shirt and a decent jacket. Yeah, it's but, like he's turned up for a different role. Yeah. And yeah. then they're like, oh no, you're yeah. the, uh, you're the hillbilly. He's like, oh, I thought I was the jock guy. He's like, no, no, no. 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 Ten years ago, dude. <laughs> Boom. I can't keep doing that because that's ridiculous. <laughs> Did you notice on um, the commander's wall he's got some really old looking certificates because <laughs> he's like highly decorated right. and he's got <laughs> and they're basically certificates for I don't know I don't know 100 meters or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're really shit certificates. Best mate's missus. Yeah, yeah. As if you would have certificates in. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it makes no sense. I'm a commander. Um, show my certificates. One of the things I, I did in, I think, it was maybe ahead of its time. Maybe because Peter Jackson made quite a famous thing of this in making like Lord of the Rings and stuff. Was the false perspective? Whoa, so I didn't. <laughs> so when when uh, you get the two the crash landing of the spaceship and you get Tegan uh, alienator, they yeah. basically put an airfix model in the foreground, yeah. uh, right up close to the camera, smoking, and they and they basically film someone like you know obviously a few meters or quite a few meters behind it coming out like when you get someone to jump out of a, a mug or something or off a spoon and you go, stand over there or hold the leaning terapeza up <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's that but I just thought to myself ah I mean it's pretty good um, it's, it's clever I mean you're making a film for a tenner yeah yeah. you've got to have a spaceship in it yeah and you've got to have someone come out of that at some point yeah, so yeah. yeah it's clever I thought that was quite funny and especially as I we've you're watching the, the making of um, Lord of the Rings. If you've bought the like 20 hour editions and stuff like that, they show you how they did all that perspective where they were basically you know, foreground. And... Okay, right. So, aside from nostalgia, there isn't, we haven't, we weren't wrong the first time. No. This is not worthy of general population watching. You're pissed up with a night, I would say watch it. If you're a fan of the podcast, definitely watch it. Uh, because it would make this makes sense for a start. Yeah, absolutely. I would quite like to write more fan fiction about it. Reminds me of that when we bought that Swamp Master book. <laughs> with a double hand, uh, whatever it was. Um, there are no reviews for this. Well, the, yeah, we, we, you, at this seven. I think that's yeah. I mean, at the point of this podcast, this would be where we would normally jump in and do um, some ten out of tens on IMDB because that's what we try to do in the podcast those of you listened before all of you uh, you would know that we do the reviews and we try to find 10 out of 10s and you know obviously to elevate the film and actually show that there are people in the world that thought that that movie was the dog's bollocks but that, this 2.8 by the way it's not like it's just because uh, not many people have rated reviewed it that's 1,146 reviews really? yeah it's not like it's not a tiny bit of reviewage. It's significant numbers, and order. There is no tens or ordinary. There is a seven out of ten, and it's just basically someone extolling the virtues of watching like eighties movies, mm-hmm. which I think is what we said. You know, yeah. If you're a if you're into this sort of thing, this would be one that you would seek out and watch just for hilarity. Um, or, or just to be a completionist, but uh, it's not an eighties movie. This is a nineties movie. Pretty much. And uh, we talked about how many fantastic sci-fi films have come before this. I think you should ad-lib a ten. Yeah. What would... Come on, we've done 30 podcasts, 31 podcasts, of which 25 of them have had reviews. Yeah. And we've done... We've read out 10 out of 10s. Yeah. You know what these people are like. They're out there. They just haven't seen this film now. Now, if you was writing a review for those people, for those 10 out of 10s, okay. what would it say? Okay, should we do it now? Do it now. Go for it. So this this is written by 
uh, Chippy Chip Chips. 82. Yeah, <laughs> 82. And the title is Best Film Evs. <laughs> I'll do it in the geek voice. I wasn't expecting to stumble across this nugget of fantastic cinema, but boy, oh boy, was I glad I watched it and invested 90 minutes of my life. To say that it is an underrated masterpiece is <laughs> it's, it's the truth. There are lots of fantastic characters, amazing special effects. There is a large woman. She is kind of hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there is some fantastic special effects, as I mentioned a second ago. <laughs> Fighting guns, lasers, old characters, space slugs. Young characters pretending to be old. Old characters <laughs> pretending to be young people. Go and watch this film. You will not be disappointed. Perfect. 10 out of 10. Nailed it. There you go. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> Good. Uh, that, that's from a previous podcast. People yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are you ready for another special guest, Matthew? I am more than ready for another special guest. So, you know James King? Not the James King. Oh, of course, yeah, the James King. Um, he's only going to watch The Alienator for us and, and submitted a review. So, here's his fantastic review of Alienator. Hello, it's James King here. Um, thank you for inviting me back onto the podcast to review The Alienator, starring Jan Michael Vincent. Uh, first of all, I've got to say... I don't think I've ever seen anyone who looks so annoyed to be in a film as Jan Michael Vincent in The Alienator. I know that he was going through troubled times when he made it. A lot of his life was troubled, to be honest. But even so, the guy is just sighing so much in this film. Even though he's not actually in it very much, he gets the top line because he was the big name. But he just looks so pissed off to be there, which I suppose he kind of feeds into his character, the commander, who's like a very cynical, uh, kind of like a cynical Captain Kirk. Uh, but even so, he does not look happy. Um, I was, you know, a big fan of Jan Michael Vincent, so I was looking forward to seeing him in this. I really like the movie Big Wednesday that he did uh, in the late 70s. But he doesn't look happy. And like I said, he's not in it very much. The rest of the film, um, well, I mean... <laughs> It's terrible, really, isn't it? It's te it's terrible acting, terrible production values. Um, I was lost after about five minutes. There is, a, I suppose, at the beginning, there's kind of a slight anti-capital punishment thread that I thought might be developed. I thought it was quite interesting. That doesn't really go anywhere. What I will say is there are some remarkable outfits for the women. Uh, Tara, played by PJ Souls, who's kind of a bit of a legend of cult movies and horror movies, that's an outfit and a half. Wow. Uh, and even the alienator herself, played by Tegan, who was a bodybuilder and weightlifter of the time. Um, as, as somebody says, I think it's the last line in the movie, actually. She's one hell of a woman on any planet. And in that outfit, you've got to agree. Um, look, it's a B-movie, you know, and it's directed by Fred Olin Ray, who was the king of B-movies and straight-to-video movies, exploitation films, and it's very much part of that genre um all of those films you know they had better titles and better posters than the actual film itself and that's certainly the case with the alienator yes it's riffing on the terminator and evil dead and i suppose star trek star wars things like that but fred olam ray i'm afraid isn't james cameron he's not even david cameron so there you go brilliant awesome uh, Joe was, you know, Joe Simpson, the artist guy. He oh, said yeah. he'd do it. And he came back to me, oh, man, I forgot to do it. And I'm going on holiday. I would have done it today if I'd remembered. I was like, no, seriously, don't worry about it. It's really shite. <laughs> <laughs> You've got off lightly. went, oh, no, I want to see even more. <laughs> I'm really sorry I let you down. I was like, seriously, you don't worry about it. <laughs> Final question then. Are you looking forward to watching this again in a year's time? I think maybe we should... I think let's Never think watching. let's let's think about that. Let's yeah. not commit ourselves. Yes, I would I would be up for doing it, but only if we could I would basically have not do it alone. Um we would have to get other people to do the hard work for us in terms of yeah. watch it and collaborate because 
It's not. It's not as fun if you're the only two people on the jo- in on the joke. I think we should aim big. I think we should try and do like a movies in the park kind of thing. Yes. Try and arrange a free showing <laughs> of the animator. I don't know what sort of rights we'd have to secure to do that. Well, presumably, all you need is a projector and a Netflix uh, login. Are you allowed to just? Is that for public I think, performance? I think if you're a little bit sneaky and quiet about it. It would be okay. Okay, right. But yeah, well, let's see. <laughs> let's see. But yeah, no, if if we ever go live around the country, <laughs> we could definitely put a screening on somewhere of this and invite people to come and watch it. Yeah. And you could have, we could get people to dress up. You could have cosplay. Oh, can you imagine the scene? Like 20 Aliens strolling across yeah, oh Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah, well, no. If we do it again, it's, it's when I'm big. certainly not doing it alone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Well, it's been it's been good fun. It is uh, revisiting the Alienator and uh, the last year. And the year's been good. We've had some fantastic guests, and we never thought we'd have guests. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the, listeners. you're listening. The fact that we've had um, some great listeners and people uh, in countries that we never thought we'd reach, and uh, it's all thanks to people just sharing and uh, supporting us online. And I, I don't uh, want to whinge about it again. Not whinge, but don't want to go on about it again. I think but big is the word. Big, but yeah, if you can find time just to write a review and uh, give us five stars and subscribe and things like that. One other person listen to me. Yeah, it all helps because um, then we can all watch Alienator next year um, in a in a field it's somewhere. It's to be started, man. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a really good year, isn't it? And onwards and upwards. Are we, I don't think we, you know, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. Maybe... <laughs> we always threaten this at the uh, end. <laughs> so, you know, get it while it's hot is basically yeah. uh, what I'm saying. All hail the great tyrant ball. Yeah. Ball. Ball. Earth. <laughs> uh, so, next week, we've got an interview uh, with Adele Drover. Um, she's a film critic and a content creator, host of Roll Credits, which is a, a YouTube channel um, where she in, uh, reviews oh, films. And we're talking about Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Which oh, I. My children of the night. What pretty music they make. <laughs> I, I rewatched this the other day. Although that's from actually Dracula. Oh, is it? <laughs> Good. Um, I re- say something weird in it, the, the Dracula guy. Oh, this is so... It's... It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. And we're not going to choose a film for our follow-up for that, are we, either? We've decided, no, that's no good. We'll just leak it. We'll leak it, we'll yeah. We'll leak yeah. it on Instagram when we decided what it is. So, f- f- uh, th- thanks for listening, everyone. I mean, it's been a pleasure. And uh, join us next week. Yeah. Here's to another year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>